Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everybody, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strong, president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you on today's Business X Radio X. We are coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett, Atlanta studio, located in beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place, Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. All businesses have security issues, though not all about physical security, and we'll touch on that as we move through. We're going to focus on all aspects of security through the course of each show. Today, we are pleasured to have Corporal Aaron Diefenbacher, and he is with the Gwinnett County Police Department and Crime, uh, crime Prevention. Yes, sir. And just want to kind of, let's start out, Aaron, with who are you and what brought you here and what got you into police work? Sure. Um, Aaron Diefenbacher, uh, been with Gwinnett County for about 11 and a half years now. Um, I moved to the area in 2005. And uh, my, my prior background is with, uh, I was in the Air Force, and I did security police, and so I was law Thank enforcement you related. Thank you. And um, so I got here and, and um, looking for something different to do. I, I come from a private sector position up north and uh, decided I was going to throw my hat in this arena. Was, uh, I always had a calling for it, and uh, here I am. It's been 11 and a half years, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten to do a lot of cool things with the police department. It kind of gets in your blood, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things where you really, if you love it, it there's just really nothing like it. Yes. So, well, let me ask you this. Um, tell me a little bit about what you do with the police department. Sure. So as the crime prevention officer, and we have um, each precinct has an officer that, that focuses their, their, their efforts on crime prevention. We're the... Uh, Best way to say it, we're community educators for the department, so we do a lot of outreach, um, schools, businesses, uh, residential. Uh, we take care of the neighborhood watch programs for the uh, for the department. So any neighborhood that wants to get into the neighborhood watch program, which is cops for us, uh, community oriented police service, um, we're the ones that take care of that. So we have a coordinator that sets up the program with the neighborhood, and then once he gets through the certifying then we take over at the precinct level. So we, we're the ones that communicate with them. Uh, we have annual meetings with them, uh, any type of issues or anything like that. They have a direct ear to the department and they can ask us any, anything that they, they have questions about. Or maybe if they had an incident in their neighborhood, they can contact us, say, hey, what was going on? And we can, uh, if we can answer the questions, we will. Right. Depending you, on what it is. Yep. Depending on what, sure. what degree of it it is. Yes, sir. I know that COPS program is a terrific department program mm -hmm. here in Gwinnett. Yes, sir. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the activities that are going on, like your Public Safety Fall Festival. That's uh, coming up. Yes, sir. It's a Saturday, actually, October 6th. Uh, it's at Cool Ray Field, where the Gwinnett Stripers play and the Atlanta United uh, 2 play. And uh, it's just something that we've been doing there now. This is our ninth year, I believe, at the at the stadium. Prior to that, we were at the uh, uh, the uh, fairgrounds, the Gwinnett County Fairgrounds. So we used to do it there, um, but now we're we're at the stadium. It's been our ninth year there. It's been a great thing. It's a uh, it's a way for us to um, allow the public to come out and see the different things that we offer. 
Um, so they could, most, most of our specialized units are out there with their, all their different apparatuses. You can go up and ask questions, touch things. Uh, it's a great way for children to learn about what we do. And, and you as a resident, a taxpayer of the county, to come out and see what we have to offer and, and, and talk to some of these folks that are working in these units. Does SWAT actually put on one of their little demos? They don't quite do a demo, but uh, they, they, they have a lot of their gear, and they actually, they'll let the kids put them on. They'll put the vest on them, put helmets on them, and all kinds of different things. They have their Bearcat, the uh, armored vehicle, and, and stuff like that. So there's, there's, you can get up close and touch things and you know see what it's all about. I know for kids that's just amazing, and we yes. need that rapport between yes. law enforcement and the kids with yes. all the negativity that goes on to see that, sure. you know, Police officers are here to help you. That's right. You don't listen to all that you hear and believe everything you see on the social media. Um, Y'all also have a program, what, Coffee with Cops? Yes, sir. We do Coffee with a Cop. Um, we, we try to pick various uh, coffee shops or, or restaurants that, uh, you know, that that have a you know a high foot traffic and and that way we can go in and the, we'll we'll go in with a handful of officers and you know just you know mingle and just uh talk and and you know hopefully maybe somebody's always had a maybe they had a question or something that they've always wanted to ask an officer and give them that opportunity to do something like very that. relaxing yes i know that uh Sinesta would like to get one going yes i'll, I'll let you know yes i spoke with them this morning yeah exactly. so um you know these type of programs and interaction with the people in the public you know it's so important that people don't realize a lot of times exactly we're people that's I correct mean, just just we're people that do have a different job we take on the job that other people don't want to do yes sir and uh that is an awesome responsibility that you carry and unfortunately there are some of those that just screw it up for better, lack of a better way to just do something stupid Sure. And those you just have to deal with, eliminate. And, but but 99% of law enforcement are just good, solid people. That's correct. The overwhelming majority of the folks that we that we see out here, they they go out of their way to thank us. I, I you know, we I believe we have a great relationship with our community, and uh, you know, it, it shows each day that we're out here. Um, you know, there's constantly I'm I'm getting folks walking up to me and saying, you know, thank for, thank you for what you do, uh, appreciate it. You know, it's you know it. It, it makes you feel proud to work where you work and uh, and protect the people that you protect. Well, everybody, no matter what job they are or anything else, likes to be appreciated. Sure. And, you know, for people that are out there that walk into a place, see it, it's nice to say hello and nice to tell people thank you for your service. Yes, sir. Um, when you do these neighborhood uh, safety and security programs and stuff. Sure. What kind of stuff do you talk about? What kind of things do you bring to light and discuss with the so residents? You, so usually, usually when we when we talk into the neighborhoods, when I go out and do my like neighborhood watch um, meetings and stuff like that, some of the stuff I'll talk about are maybe some of the incidents that have happened in and around their community. Uh, one of the things that I usually try to uh, inform folks about is uh, crimemapping.com which is um, the tool that we use and actually all of our reports from the police department populate into crimemapping.com, usually after they've been reviewed by the supervisor and the records, and it becomes what we call a frozen status, it will populate onto those maps. And um, so you can go in there and, and play around with dates and times and, and stuff like that and, and change the radiuses around a, a specific area. And um, it, so I usually take those with me when I go to see a neighborhood. So, and I usually try to do the max amount of time, which I believe is about six months. 
So that way they give a good idea of what's going on in and around their community. And uh, so talk about that. Um, you know, talk about different things that they can do to, you know, prevent, you know, burglaries and uh, recognize and suspicious activity, um, car break-in, stuff like that within their community. Uh, one of the most important things that we'll talk about is lighting. Uh, lighting is the number one deterrent to crime. Absolutely. So turn on the lights in front of your home. Um, the other thing I will tell them, because a lot of folks don't know this, is that um, check your street lights in your, in your neighborhood. If they're not working, all you have to do is contact your local uh, power company, whoever it may be. And here in Gwinnett, it's either uh, Jackson, uh, Georgia Power, or Walton. If you contact them, usually on their website, they have a, a space where you can actually go in and put in the light number. There's a poll, There's a number on that pole. You can put that in. Uh, tell them that the light's not working or tell them what's going on with, hey, it flickers on and then it turns off. Let them know that stuff. They'll come out and fix that usually within a day or two. Yeah, what I was going to mention is every one of them has uh, a number on the pole. Yep. If they're in the public access. That's right. And if they're on private property, they might not. But Correct. Then again, you know, if it's on your property, fix it. Fix it. Uh, yep. But you're absolutely right. It's mm -hmm. The number one prevention method is the best way to prevent it is that they don't like lights. That's they, right. That people don't. A lot of times they don't understand, you know, the crooks aren't looking to go to jail. Right. They would rather go somewhere where right. there's not any lights. There, you know, the, the, the likelihood of getting caught they, is far less. Right. They want easy targets. They want easy targets. It's right. opportunity stuff. Yes. You provide them an opportunity, mm -hmm. and eventually you're going to become a victim. Right. And, you know, that's, that's what you've got to avoid during these things. Yes. I know that... Um, you know, when you go into businesses, mm -hmm. I know one of the things that you talk about in in residence too is the bushes, your your landscaping. That's right. You know, That's the receptor right. stuff. Yes. Yeah, so we so all of us that are in crime prevention, it, at some point or another, if we're in this unit long enough, we're going to go to do some various training. One of those trainings we do is um, we do we become a crime prevention practitioner, and then we go to septed and we become a septed practitioner, which is. SEPTED is crime prevention through environmental design. Exactly. And we're looking at lighting, landscaping, um, just the, the overall environment of where the business, the residence is, the, the park, you know, things that are going to make it either a target for a criminal and then trying to eliminate those things, that, that the overgrown bushes, the lights not working, um, the, the vacant home that has broken windows, the broken windows yeah, theory. Broken window theory, absolutely. Yes. So all that stuff. So we're, we're taking all that into play and, and trying to, to meld that together to eliminate, you know, the, those the enticements for a criminal to come there to, to do un, the unwanted activity that they're doing. And for those that don't know, the broken window theory is basically people look at it, and if it looks as if you don't take care of that, you're lax, you're slack, they know that the chances of them getting caught and that the opportunity is there, most likely, to get to go in, do what they want to do, and get away. Because right. you're not on top of your security and on that's top of your of your home or your business. That's correct. And that's just as valid for businesses with broken windows or graffiti on it, different things like yes. that, that tells them this is an opportunistic place. Correct. And you mentioned graffiti. That's why, you know, there is a county ordinance about you have, you know, if you discover graffiti on your property, um, you have like, you have 72 hours to get that removed because we don't want that stuff to fester. Absolutely. Because it, it you know, you're, you're allowing that activity to, to, you know, to grow and, and, and become worse. Well, that's one of the things we do within the community improvement district here around Gwinnett yes. Place. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is, yeah. um, we take a look as when we're driving. If there's any type of graffiti, it's automatically, it's instantly reported, and it's taken care of the next day. That's right. It's got to be done. That's it. Otherwise, there'll be more of it. 
and they get tired of seeing their stuff go away. Sure. So, um, you know, it's very important that people understand to stay on top, keep, keep things looking professional, keep them looking lived in. And yes, uh, that's it's, right. it's just very important. Yes. Um, have you got any, you know, one of the big things they have, not just Gwinnett area, the Gwinnett Place area, mm -hmm. the mall area, sure. uh, the mall of Georgia, even on streets and stuff, you have, you know, there are people that just look to do their car shopping. So, yes. Um, you know, yes. Tell, us, tell us a little bit about what some of the tips are to help avoid that. So, yeah, so car break-ins, that is a huge problem, not just not here, just everywhere. It's, yep. it, it's a crime of opportunity. And there's some really simple things that we can do to eliminate somebody from breaking into a car. I mean, first and foremost is lock your car. Yep. Um, it, the overwhelming majority of our car break-ins are unlocked cars. Um, so that's first and foremost. And then remove anything from your car that would entice somebody to to want to to go in and, and investigate even further. Hmm, what's in that bag? You know, you, you think of a backpack or a like a, a briefcase or, or, so or something like, like a computer bag. Correct. You know, so that, that's the first thought. It's either a laptop or a tablet, something electronic. You know, these are things that are going to entice folks to to further investigate what's inside your car. So if we eliminate that stuff you eliminate that that op, or the desire for them to want to break into your car you know the the crime They're triangle looking for the easy target right so you know one of the things that we talk about with our, our neighborhoods and businesses is crime triangle there's that ability the opportunity and the desire if we can remove that opportunity then the desire goes away and and you know unfortunately we're not going to catch every bad guy yep. so sometimes it's called crime disbursement we want to send the criminal somewhere else and, and so you know that's that's part of you know educating folks on on doing these simple things well it's the same way in private security yes is you have a business there that has a security officer he's on site he's visible sure. he gets up he dresses people sure they go down the street to some place that doesn't because they sure. know that that security officer is going to call 911 so. if if they don't if they stay around and they don't leave and then they're going to have to address the police when they get there. That's right. So they would rather go somewhere where it's not. And I know yes. just in my experience, what they'll do, because we used to set up stakeouts in Atlanta down around what the old Omni was and all. Sure. And they would go along and they would go down a road, checking, just checking doors. That's right. Checking, pulling up the handles, pushing on the buttons. Just mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't stop. They wouldn't take any time. They would just go to the open door. Right. As soon as they hit that door and it was open, it was like, flies they just whoom yep and they're through that thing in a matter of a minute minute and a half they're completely through the car and they're and they're gone and most of them have interior trunk locks mm -hmm. they know where they all are they do their they do their homework on cars most of these people know Absolutely. the cars mm -hmm. they know right where to go for the trunk lock they pop it and they're, they're in your trunk and within a minute to a minute and a half they're completely through your car and they're gone right and so the odds of catching them when they're doing it are slim and none sure so you've got to be able to prevent it, give them problems, move them right. on to the move them on down to your neighbor that's, that's right. got his car unlocked, or to another county. That, that's right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, one of the things that I always try to tell folks to do is, you know, when you get out of your car, turn around, take a look, and and, and say, hmm, is there anything in there that, that that I would want to take if I was, you know, wanting to break into a car and steal something? If there is, then remove it. Um, you know, and along those lines, you know, we got, um, we got some great county parks here in Gwinnett and, uh, lots of folks utilize them. Um, one of the things that we will see happen is, um, 
you know, ladies and, uh, you know, some of our gentlemen will, um, you know, leave a purse or leave a, a briefcase bag or something in the open or when they get to the park, instead of having it hidden prior to getting there, they get do it when they get there. there. Well, and they're not aware that maybe somebody's in the, in the park watching them. Yeah. So they still break into their car. They, they, they did what they were supposed they to do. They know that it's in the trunk. They know it's in the trunk. So, you know, if you're going to bring that stuff with you, Make sure you hide it before you get there. Yeah, you know you're going to the park. When you get out and you get out of your car right. in, at the house, when you get ready to get into it, drop it in your trunk because right. you know you're not going to need it. If, if you right. get stopped for some reason, buy IDs in the trunk. Yes. And I don't think there's a law enforcement officer around no. that wouldn't appreciate that. Absolutely. They'd, fine, open the trunk. I'll, get, right. it for, I'll get it for you. Great. <laughs> yeah, that or, you know, we'll, we'll just say, hey, hop on out and go ahead and grab it. Exactly. Great, thank you. The um, But there are so many, you know, Prevention is the key word. Yes. And it's the deterrent of doing things that keep people moving somewhere else so that you don't become the victim. That's right. They're looking for someone to make a victim. Right. Don't make it be you. That's right. Uh, residential and community or commercial security surveys. I yes, know sir. y'all do a lot of those. We do. Tell we us do. a little bit about them. So that, that's something else that um, so that's something else that we do when um, we go to this training that we do for the crime prevention practitioner and the SEPTED uh, practitioner uh, certifications. Um, these are the things that we focus on doing for residents and commercial uh, businesses alike. So um, we offer this. It's a it's a free service uh, done by appointment. So just contact your local crime prevention officer, uh, whatever precinct that you live in, and we'll set up a date and a time. We'll come out and we'll spend. You know, residents, it's usually about an hour um, at the most. And then a commercial survey, depending on the size of the place, um, it might take a couple hours, uh, maybe a little more. Um, we'll, we'll take pictures. We'll take notes. Um, usually with the resident stuff, we'll, we have a little form that we do, and we'll fill out the form. And um, we have a carbon copy of it, so we'll actually give you a, a copy of the, the report when we leave. And we're going to give you uh, some tips on how to reinforce your door security, um, you know, because depending on the style of do front doorway you have, there are some things that you can do to increase the, the, the rigidity of your door and keep it from being kicked in. Because um, most of our doors, the, the strike plates that hold that door shut, that's the only thing that's holding that door shut. The only thing that's holding them is about a one-inch screw, one-and-a-quarter-inch screw. So if you change those out to just a three-inch screw, it, it, it's there's, amazing vi there's it videos out there that show the difference and how hard it is to, to kick one of those doors. And uh, it, it's just simple stuff like that. I mean, that's what, two 50-cent screws to... Yeah, and take the time to put the deadbolt on. That's right. Yeah. You know, a lot of people just lock it down. Knock on. Right. Take the time yes. to actually turn the deadbolt. That's right. And give you that little extra security. Yes. Uh, can I kick a door in with a, with a deadbolt on it? Yes. Sure. I mean, I kicked many of men back in the day. Mm -hmm. But... By the time that happens, you're going to be aware of it. They're not interested in working to get in. No. They're interested in working to get out. That's right. And they get their work done, they get out. But they're not interested in some place that they've got to really work to get in. So so all, all these things that we've been talking about, they all kind of work in conjunction with each other. So you were mentioning the, the overgrown bushes and stuff like that. So, you know, the enemies of a, of a criminal, you know, especially like breaking into a house or something like that, is time and noise and visibility. visibility. Right. So if you, your bushes are overgrown, they can hide up by your front door. They don't nobody sees them. Um, you know, if, but if they're having to, you know, if the bushes are trimmed and, and it's easy to see them from the street, it's not really a place that they're going to want to 
uh, try to do this at? And then you start, you know, you're having a hard time kicking in the door. Is that necessarily something they want to spend their a time on? A lot of on? people are armed today. That gives them enough time to say, come on in. That's right. Absolutely. That's, they don't want that. They, they don't, don't want that. If you've got your bushes up above your, a lot of windows, a lot of how homes in this area have windows along the front. That's right. A lot of people think it's beautiful to have these nice hedges along the front. That's right. That's fine, but keep them trimmed below the edge of the bottom of the right. door, a window. So one of the things we talk about with that is the two-foot, six-foot rule. So keep bushes under two feet and keep your tree canopies limbed above six feet. Absolutely. So if you do that, it gives you good natural surveillance to the street. And it, you Any know, lighting on the street shines in that area. That's right. And if somebody's up there fooling with your windows, Anybody driving by or anybody right. can, looking out their window can see it right. and call 911. And there's always that potential of, you know, somebody can look and go, hmm, they could actually look out the window and see me if, I, if I'm up here doing something Absolutely. that I shouldn't be doing. So, so they'll move on. They'll move on. That's right. And that's what it's all about. Crime deterrence. You know, one of, the, one of the big questions kind of move into a little different area here that a lot of people, they know that they have to have the child restraint seat. Sure. You know, is it an age? Is it a height? Is it? It's kind of a combination of all of the above. Right. Can you kind of you know enlighten some of these people on just the basics of that? Yes. Yeah, so um, most of the crime prevention officers, and we have a few other folks within the police department, and the fire department has a few folks that do it as well. Um, most of theirs are done at their headquarters by appointment, but um, we have several of us that are child safety seat technicians. Um, we actually went through a certification class to be able to install these seats or help predominantly we want to help folks learn how to do it themselves so we'll we'll demonstrate and then we usually have them do it after after we demonstrate it for them just to make sure that they completely understand and it helps them learn a little better by actually doing a hands-on um but it, it's it's shocking to see how many of the ones that are already installed by a parent or Maybe they weren't sure, so they got another parent that they knew that, oh, well, they got three kids. They know how to install a car seat. They don't, no. know, how to call, they don't know how to install a car seat. Um, the, the, they say the, the, the statistics are 70 to 90 percent is what the, they say in, the, in the, the technician class. It's more like probably 90 to 95 percent of all car seats are installed incorrectly. Um, we, 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 we can come out to the house. Um, you come to the precinct, we can meet you in a parking lot somewhere, and, and we do these by appointment. We'll come out and we'll, we'll go through your car seat. We'll make sure that it's still valid because uh, a lot of people don't know that car seats have expiration dates. Yep. Um, it varies from six to ten years depending on the style of car seat. Um, so we'll check that. We'll make sure it's not on the recall list because a lot of car seats have recalls. Um, maybe for just something simple. Maybe uh, there was something wrong with the buckle. If you contact uh, whoever the manufacturer is, they'll send you a new part for it and fix it. But unless you send in your registration form, there's that little registration card that comes on your car seat. It means something. It means something because that's the only way they're going to notify you of a recall is if you sent that in and registered your car seat. So that, that's something else we'll look at. And then we'll talk about harnessing, uh, making sure that the harnesses are sitting correctly on them, whether they're rear-facing, forward-facing, um, you know, so rear facing, it's at or below the shoulders. So want to kind of cradle them in there a little bit. Forward facing, it's at or above the shoulders. And then the retainer clip, the, the little clip across in the middle chest. of the, across the chest, armpit level. Um, and then we're going to check for tightness. So we show them how to check for that, rub their fingers down the belt. And if they can't pinch any material, then it's Good. tight enough. It's snug. Um, if it's too loose and you can pinch some, then tighten it up. 
Um, we show them how to anchor it to the car. So they're, um, any car 2003 or newer has latch. The latch system stands for lower anchors and tethers for children. Um, so we'll show them the lower anchors and show them how to install that way. Um, I actually did one last night uh, for some folks and uh, brand new car, fairly new car. Actually, it was a 2018 car and uh, a brand new car seat. I could not get the seat tight enough with the latch system. So I ended up having to use a seatbelt. So I always show folks the seatbelt as well. Um, so that in either way is tested the same. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's no, either way is safe. So not one's not better than the other. Um, but so I, I installed with a seatbelt and I showed them how to do that. Um, well, one of the things that I would caution a lot of people on, a lot of people just think, well, it's the law. They got to be in a seat. They got to be in a seat. Right. So they put them in the seat, but they think that's just there. So I don't get a ticket so that the officer doesn't stop me. Right. So they don't put the buckles on. They that's just right. put them in the seat. Yes. That is a total waste of your time, your efforts, and possibly your child's life. Yes. Make sure that you actually secure that the way it's supposed to be That's secured. That's correct. It, it, it only takes a fraction of a second for a, a horrible accident to happen and, and something tragic to happen like that. And all you would have had to have done is strap your child yeah. in click, and, and, and they, would have, they would have walked away without a scratch. Yep, and I've seen that happen too many times. That's, that's correct. I, I've asked people, why don't... Why is it not buckled? Oh, it's mm -hmm. just there so that I don't get a ticket. Right. It's, That's the stupidest right. answer that you could possibly get. It, right. The responsibility of a parent is to protect your children. Right. That's not protecting your children. Right. So that when, we, when we do these these technician classes, there's things that there's the law and then there's best practices. So the law is one year and 20 pounds we're facing. Um, best practices, keep that child in that seat until they meet the weight limit of the seat. The seats have weight limits, height limits keep them in there until they hit that weight limit unless they hit the height limit first but if you do that especially rear facing if we could all ride rear facing in a car we'd all be that much safer oh, absolutely. head and neck support you lose that once you turn them around forward facing so keep small children rear facing as long as possible um, that way you're you, you know You'd rather have a leg because another another thing that parents will ask me is, oh, you know, they look uncomfortable. Their legs are all smushed up against the back seat. And one of the questions I'll ask is, would you rather have a leg injury or a head and neck injury? You know, a, a leg or injury is going to or fatality. So leg injury is going to heal. Head and neck injuries don't heal so much. No. So, you know, and, and trust me, they're not uncomfortable. So, no, they're not. The kids, yeah. they don't like them just because they're restrained. Right. So, yep. well, how about uh, holiday safety tips? We got holidays coming yeah. up here. So, how about giving our sure. listeners some holiday safety? So, tips? you got a couple of things. We got we got uh, Thanksgiving coming up. So, uh, one of the things with, or uh, sorry, Thanksgiving, Halloween. I'm thinking of Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. So, we got Halloween it's coming all up. coming so, together. We already yeah, got Christmas trees I, in the store. Yes, I know. <laughs> so, um, so Halloween. You know, make sure that we're we're um, going in groups when we're out trick or treating. Uh, that's a really important thing. Um, you know, the candy in the bags, you make sure that it's, it's a sealed type of candy. Um, it, it doesn't appear that it's been tampered with. If it appears it's old or tampered with, throw it away. If you've got a bunch of small kids, have an adult go with them. Yes, don't, don't let children go by themselves. Make sure that, you know, somebody, you know, an adult is with them, maybe somebody with like a flashlight or something. Absolutely. Um, you know, help these children across the street. Um, you know, these are these are really important things. You know, try to maybe have a costume that's got some sort of a reflector on it Absolutely. that that uh, the you know headlights from a vehicle will reflect off of it, and that way people are going to slow down. You would hope people would slow down 
on Halloween night, you know, when the kids are in the neighborhood trick-or-treating, but unfortunately they all don't. Well, these glow bracelets and glow necklaces are good, too, to yes, put on the kids because yes. it, at least they can see that and it stands yes. out. But every 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 group or every child ought to have some kind of a little flashlight. That's correct, yes. So have some sort of a flashing light or, like you said, the glow the glow bracelets or necklaces, glow sticks hanging from their, their trick-or-treat bag or their Absolutely. bucket, whatever it is. But um you know, these are these are great things, smart things to do. Um, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming, so Black Friday. You know, we go back to the entering auto prevention. You know, uh, folks, when you're out shopping, um, you know, think think about you know if you're going back out to your car to drop off some presents or gifts that you bought, and you're just going to leave them in the back seat exposed. You, you're attracting the unwanted again. You're giving so, someone a good Christmas right. present. So one of the things you might want to do is if, if you're planning on going back in, how about just go ahead and put the stuff in the trunk, get in your car like you're leaving, go park in another part of the mall, the shopping center that you're at, gives the appearance that you're leaving, and hopefully nobody's watching you and that you move to a different location. It's a little inconvenience, but it also saves for a lot of inconvenience when you're having to call the police and wait for a report and, and then That's you've correct. got to rebuy and then you're, yes. you're sick. Right. So it makes a big difference. Yep. Uh, but, you know, these times, they're, they're beautiful times, but they're also times that you need to pay a lot of attention to your safety. That's correct. So, you know, we, we try to educate folks, but you also got to take – some common of the responsibility sense. on yourself and use your common sense and, and, and eliminate some of the things that might make you a vulnerable target. Well, if you've got to stop and ask yourself, should I do this? You probably shouldn't. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's it. Well, Corporal, I appreciate the heck out of you being here. Oh. A lot of good information. Um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you and set up or in touch with the department, set up one of these surveys or just talk with you or talk sure. with you about Child Saints. Have you got a contact number and all yeah. that, email and all? Y yes, sir. I got a contact uh, phone number and an email. Um, my direct line is 678-442-6504. Uh, uh, that's the direct line to my, to my office. That'll be my uh, voicemail. Uh, leave me a voicemail. I'll get back to you. Um, and then my, um, my email is Aaron, A-A-R-E-N, dot Diefenbacher, D-I-E-F-F-E-N, B-A-C-H-E-R, and that's at GwinnettCounty.com. Go real slow again over that uh, email address for them. So Aaron, A-A-R-E-N dot Diefenbacher, D-I-E-F-F-E-N-B-A-C-H-E-R, at GwinnettCounty.com. And I guarantee you, everybody knows who he is down there. So <laughs> if you can get close to it, they'll get you in touch. Yes, sir. Well, Aaron, I want to tell you I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a, well, a great discussion. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank all of you all for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. We'll run till about noon. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. So join us next week when we'll have another interesting guest in here, and we'll talk a little bit about security in some way or the other. And thanks again to my guest, Aaron Diefenbacher, Corporal with Gwinnett County PD. And for our producers, uh, Mike, who's not here, but Trey, appreciate it. I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.